So I would just like sit down at the end of this library and just browse books on intimacy and sex. And this is how I learned about orgasms and all these stuff. How old and were you? Nine, ten, eleven, wow. and up. Okay. Even even younger, actually. What sparked your curiosity around it? I guess it's like not knowing, and there was so much taboo around it growing up Muslim. What's up, lovely humans, and welcome to That's Exciting, the podcast. I'm your host, Yancy, someone who's curious and loves to learn about intimacy, relationships, and sexuality. Last week, we've experienced some technical issues, so that's why there was no episode. But you know what? We're back strong this week. We're here. And I am super excited because this week, we talk about photography and intimacy. Before we get into this, though, we are now at episode 15. And if you check out your calendar, we are almost summertime, which means that's exciting. Starting June 7th of 2022 is going on a summer break, but we're not forgetting about you. We will be posting two checking episodes per month to further our reflection on intimacy, sexuality, and relationships. And don't worry, the long format episodes are going to be back and we'll keep you posted if you follow us on social media at that's exciting exciting on Instagram. And now let's get back at the topic at hand for today's episode. For people who don't know me, I am a photography enthusiast and I love to document and capture people's essence on film. That's how I like to put it. Hashtag analog girl in a digital world. Thank you, Badu. And through this photography journey, what I fell in love with and I found passion in is intimate shoots. And, you know, that for me was understanding the world and people better. And that was all through my lens. And if we define intimate shoots, it may be revealing a part of yourself that, you know, you keep secret or that is out of sight to society. It may be empowering yourself or healing. It can also be vulnerability and nudity. And this last one is Sarah's favorite way of shooting. Sarah is a queer Berber Algerian photographer based in Montreal, Canada. Her work focuses on exploring diversity, identity, intimacy, and vulnerability through raw, powerful, and soft images of the human body to open dialogues about these topics. She firmly believes that there's no right or wrong way to exist, just as there's no right or wrong body or sexuality. Sarah aims to create art to nurture self-acceptance and empower everybody and everybody's in front of her lens. So this week, we talk about photography, we talk about Sarah's journey to the work that she currently does, and also we have a vulnerable conversation about intimacy love and our fears that sounds like this so what's your deepest fear right now regarding like relationship abandonment okay yeah rejection so i really enjoyed the time that i got to spend with sarah and the vulnerable exchange that we had around fears love intimacy photography art and i just really admire sarah as a photographer and i just adore her as a human so without further ado let's just dive right in the show's icebreaker the sexual green flags the first question i ask all my guests yes. is what are your sexual green flags For the new listeners, sexual green flags are indicators that you'll have pleasurable, consensual, and safe sex. I love that. For me, the greenest flag yes. <laughs> is emotional intelligence. 
Mm. Someone who's self-aware, mm-hmm. who stimulates me intellectually too, mm-hmm. who is vulnerable, who I can I can talk like this. Like this morning I was PMSing and then this and this and this, and then I feel safe yeah. emotionally with this person and connected. Oh my God, if we talk about therapy, whoo, yes. like give me this kind of level of self-awareness and presence and someone who's looking within. Yeah. And, and I love this. Okay. Yes. Another one would be curiosity. Mm. Curiosity because no one's perfect. You don't have to know every position. You don't have to have tried all kinds of stuff in your life. Yeah. But if you're just like curious, like, hey, what do you like? Mm-hmm. Or, oh my God, I read this thing. It's like a really freaking strange position. Let's try it. try it. Yeah. And curious about me, what I like. And this kind of just fun of like Googling a word and being like, oh my God, okay, it comes <laughs> from the Christian Latin of like flesh. That's freaking cool. Yeah. So I like this. I like this. Because yes, sometimes I will Google stuff during sex. Wait, what? I, I can multitask during sex. Do, so you don't <laughs> stop. You just continue and just like, wait, wait a minute, continue. I just need my phone and to check. So um, I have an anecdote perhaps I can share. I yes. feel like suddenly I'm blushing. <laughs> Once we were planning on going to a pool and you had to book it online. Mm-hmm. We were doing stuff stuff but he was behind me as stuff were happening and then literally five minutes not even like 10 seconds after i'm like oh by the way babe i booked you the pool slot thing he's like wait, wait when did you do this I didn't know. when i had your, my finger up your ass <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm multitasking yes when did you start photography so in cegep for those who are wondering what that is cegep is a pre-university college in quebec's education system I did like cinema because like my last project was doing a movie, like a short movie. I just really fell in love even more with this art. And so I went to study film at Université de Montréal. There's the um, Printemps Érable that happened. So this led to like big protest and I went there and it was like that put a stop in my second semester in film. I decided to take the money I saved for like three years of school okay. to travel. And so what uh, I did, I bought a camera thinking that I would mm-hmm. film, but I ended up just like falling more into like photography because I think it was also easier because I was like traveling solo and like I didn't have the skills yet to like edit or whatever so um, I just got into photography this way and when I kind of felt ready to come back to Montreal Mm -hmm. because of photography I wanted to send myself to some magazines obviously and then I that, that made me realize that there's nothing in Montreal that I could send my art to and this is what led me to create a magazine okay. with some friends. Because of this, I kind of took a break from photography because I was focusing so much on working with other photographers. Production, like the admin yes, things. is exactly. Yeah. Creating exhibitions. And yeah. for the past six years, I've been working on the Woman Who Project with her friend, Cassandra Cachero. And I think being surrounded by photography for so long kind of just made me really, really miss it. Perhaps three years ago, I decided to just go back full time in it. And I even went back to school two years ago, finished in December. Amazing, congrats. Uh, thank you. The magazine you did when you came back to Montreal, yeah. was it anything on intimacy or what was it about? It was just photography, basically. We wanted okay. to showcase photographers. We even created exhibitions and everything. Mm-hmm. It was a blast. It was amazing. During an exhibition, this is how I met Cassandra. And I've been wanting okay. to do something about taboos in Montreal. Yeah. Again, because I came back from like three years abroad. So I've been wanting to do a project about taboos, but I feel like I couldn't do that alone because mm-hmm. I had like a really big idea for it. And this is how I met Cassandra who was kind of shooting already a bit of nude and I approached her talked to her about this and it kind of led to the project being what it is now Amazing. Um, and I think I wanted to do this kind of nude stuff and I think when we when you told me about this podcast today you're like what do you mm-hmm. want to talk about mm-hmm. I mentioned growing up 
I was like reading a lot of books about uh, nudity and intimacy because I was a big book yeah. nerd and I was always mm. at the library. And growing up with a, a Muslim family, yeah. there was a lot of taboo in the family. Mm -hmm. We rarely talked about sex or anything. And I feel like I had to grab all my knowledge from books. And because I look, I looked really old when I was a kid, I was always very tall. I was in the adult section of the library. Mm -hmm. By adult section, I mean like you have the kids section and then the grown up section, not the porn section. Yeah. But because I looked older, no one questioned me going to this section. Mm -hmm. The corner where the books were, were like at the end of the library. So I would just like sit down at the end of this library and just browse books on intimacy and sex. And this is how I learned about orgasms and all these stuff. How and old were you? Nine, 10, 11 wow. and up. Okay. Even, even younger, actually. What sparked your curiosity around it? I guess it's like not knowing. And there, there was so much taboo around it growing up Muslim. Mm -hmm. And I just, and you know, like it's a classic where right? we don't, we tell you not to do something. The education through the don'ts yes you want to do the opposite yeah and not knowing and yeah like just comments from my family being like just like my mom for example where it's like oh don't wear something too short you're gonna get raped and stuff like this and mm -hmm. i know it was coming from fear and i really really don't blame her but there was a lot of mm -hmm. a lot of forbidden stuff yeah and I'm, I was a very curious kid and I get that from my dad who's a very curious person. And mm -hmm. that's my dad who was sending me to the library all the time. And so one day I stumbled upon a book of Imogen Cunningham. That sounds like Cunilingus. I know, her name is perfect. So it's yeah. Cunningham. Cunningham, okay. So I stumbled upon uh, one of her book, again, in the art section, but also nude section. And she was a female photographer back in like 1930s, 50s, whatever. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, yeah, so as a woman, she was already shooting nudes, which was like really badass. And mm -hmm. she was really, ahead of her time mm -hmm. and i know we talk often about like the um, a lot of kids have like their sexual uh, education made through porn yes and i feel very lucky that my education was made through those books so basically at like 11 12 i was reading books about intimacy and wow. uh, what is orgasms and tantric sex like even before at having nine. my periods I knew what, what, what tantric sex was. But I mean, I knew it, but not really knew it. Yeah. You were aware of that it was a thing, but... Yes. And then mm -hmm. you see those photos of a couple holding each other and gazing into each other. And I was just fascinated by it. It, it was always a bit in my, in my mind. And I think so coming back to Montreal, I was like, I really want to use nudity as like to really... In French, there's the, there's the expression se mettre à nu. Se mettre à nu. To let yourself bare, to reveal or uncover private or vulnerable information about oneself. So I wanted to do this through photography to be fully vulnerable. So that's kind of how it started my interest with intimacy and photography. So photography was for you the conjunction with everything intimacy and all that yes the, yes the learning and also the passion that you yeah. had for that topic yeah. and i think because i'm such a visual learner i think i use photography and i still use photography as a tool to understand the world around me that is beautiful thank you mm -hmm. thank you i think for me that's when art is so powerful when it yeah. strikes conversation yeah and this is also i actually also use photography because i'm so curious about other people having a camera yeah. is this kind of bridge in between two person and as much as i love reading a part of me just want, wants to ask people. Like I thrive mm. on people's experience and story. Curiosity. This is why, yeah, yes. again, always goes back to it. And I was like, oh, I want to ask all those women about their experience and life and stuff like this. But like, who am I to go ask them, hey. Tell me about your life. Yeah, tell me all your deepest secrets and fears and vulnerabilities and struggles in life. And so again, photography and the camera itself became... Your storytelling. Yes, 
Yes, I just got deeply, deeply passionate with this kind of vulnerable work. Yeah. So parallel to this and also to my travel, my parents separated after being kind of my role model of couple. They got married at 17. They went through like two different countries, immigrated twice. Like it just, wow. they went through so much and they, they went through war. Like we, we left Algeria because of civil war. And so suddenly when they're not together and I see them completely fall apart as a couple, I just got really, really, really interested by this. A part of me, I think, wanted to like not replicate this and I was trying to find a, a way to avoid all the stuff they did mm-hmm. in terms of like in their relationship mm-hmm. and I think this is when I started reading a lot of books about love and relationship and sex and all this so at a very young age I was interested and in, so like I started like reading books about like Gottman and Esther Perel even before it was like a sensation wow I was just like they were they were and still are my like my rock stars Gottman I don't know if you know I think I've mentioned it to you John Gottman was it the fourth horseman of yeah. um, Yes. He's the one who coined this with his wife and they can predict with like 90, 90% accuracy if a couple is going to break up or divorce in like just a five minute conversation. Now, let's hop on the four horsemen for a minute. You have criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. All four of these are communication habits and they increase the likelihood of separation and divorce. And that's all according to John Gottman. I will be referring to a blog article from Gottman.com and I'll be sure to include the link in show notes. So first, criticism. So criticizing your partner is different than offering a critique or forcing a complaint. It's an attack on your partner at the core of their character. So for example, a complaint is, I was scared when you were running late and didn't call me. Criticism, on the other hand, is you never think about how your behavior is affecting other people. The second one is contempt. So when we communicate in this state, we treat others with disrespect. And by that, we can mock them with sarcasm, ridicule, call them names, and mimic or use body language such as eye rolling. The third one is defensiveness, and this is typically a response to criticism. And lastly, stonewalling. So stonewalling is usually a response to contempt. This occurs when the listener withdraws from the interaction, shuts down, or simply stops responding to their partner. So rather than confronting the issue, the partner or the people who are stonewalling can make evasive maneuvers such as turning away, tuning out, acting busy, or engaging in obsessive or distracting behaviors. And it's funny because when I learned those, I like saw that in my parents like right away. All my upbringing kind of like led me to just being even more passionate about this. And because I liked nude art and then my parents divorced and I started like being more interested in love and relationship, all of this kind of made a one big ball of me being deeply interested in using photography to talk about intimacy. And I think the tipping point of this was uh, with a photo I took of Tess and Megan. So I asked Tess and Megan, hey, can you tell me what is intimacy for you? And I was like, fuck, okay, I just love this. Again, because it's one of my stuff where like, I just want to know people's story. What is your definition of intimacy? Are we talking intimacy in a relationship, intimacy with myself? Because I think intimacy has multiple spheres already. I think that's already a distinction I want to make. Let's say in a relationship mm-hmm. that you're building with this person. You have both your story and then you're building this bridge that's intimacy and that's curiosity I was talking about, the curiosity about the other person, basically the curiosity of the other person in the world and love map. Interesting. Esther Perel posted a video online this week. I don't know if you saw it. Oh, no. 
All of the citizens of this modern cultures have bought into the idea that intimacy is a communicative experience in which we all share with each other our most intimate possessions, our internal life. Intimacy in this culture often goes with into me see. And that's quite different from the historical definition of intimacy or the broad range of cultural definitions of intimacy. For many of us, by the way, that's our parents, our grandparents, our aunts and uncles, for whom that kind of talking is anything considered intimacy. It's the living together, it's the working the lands, it's cooking together, it's raising the children, it's sharing bank accounts, it's the sharing of the burdens of the everyday life that is considered intimacy. But I feel like it's because it's also our society that changed. Society has changed tremendously. Yeah, and I feel like mm -hmm. because now we're having kids later in life. and We're having fewer kids as also, well. Also, yeah, yeah, like the reality of things are changing. Yeah. And we have like such a plethora of options. Yeah. I was saying my parents got married at 17. Thank God, like I'm really happy it was out of love. But all of my mom's sister and brother, there was like 10 brother and sister, yeah. got like, a, it was a, um, how do you call so it? So it was an arranged It was arranged marriage, yeah. And my parents... They were kind of like friends and they fell in love. So it's not that far off, mm -hmm. this reality of you have to settle in, you have to have a kid. And then you used to date a person in your village or nearby or friend of a right. friend. And so now with this kind of like crazy accessibility to partner, we have the choice of the exact kind of person we want. And we have the luxury and the time to kind of just like, yeah. for example, right now, I'm not in a rush to have kids. This is not this is not on my to-do lists. What I want now is to build an emotionally safe relationship with my partner. That's what matters the most to me right now. Not to have kids absolutely or try to survive and stuff like this. So I think I want to learn how to trust again because my I have a fear of intimacy, of, of being close to a partner just because the people closest to me has always hurt me the most. Mm. So but because but you need vulnerability in order to be intimate exactly, with someone. It's exactly. like you cannot like it's you shall not pass if you're not <laughs> vulnerable with someone. Mm -hmm. And this is fucking scary. For emotional vulnerability it is really scary. Yeah, because you're because basically you're ba you're giving everything to someone yeah. and they can hurt you with this. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm wiser with the people I choose now. Like I think before with a lot of how I was in the past and just like really low self-esteem, it brought me to places and to people that didn't have my best interest at heart. So at least if I'm going to get my heart broken, the person yeah. has to have the best intentions for me. And it has to be like something that we're really working towards and happy to to move towards, which is I want to know you, you want to know me and let's like help each other be better humans. So what's your deepest fear right now regarding like relationship? Abandonment. Okay. Yeah. Rejection? being No, abandonment. Okay. I think one of my deepest fears is being blindsided mm -hmm. and somebody just leave. And this happened to you in the past? A lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> A lot, yeah. But do you feel like, again, like for example, my parents, I thought love was forever and suddenly this, I, fe I felt blindsided by my yeah. parents. My grandparents are still together. My parents are still together. A lot of people in my family are still together and happy. Wow, okay. The harsh reality of today's culture is to know that maybe... I'm not going to stay forever with a person that I really love. So it's like, how can I make the experience 
an enjoyable experience and not live in this fear of like, oh my God, the person's going to leave or like, it's not going to last. I think that's the hardest part of growing up in today's culture for me. Do you feel like you're afraid of asking for what you want because you'd rather not put your expectation too high? Not anymore. Okay. Not anymore. So before I was like, I don't know if I like, I'm first the, the self-esteem, so I don't know if I'm worthy of this. Yes. And then working through that and being like, you deserve it. And it comes from self-love. Oh, fuck yeah. The day I finally admitted that I want to the relationship and a partnership because especially in my young 20s I was like oh who needs love you know like playing I was you know, the, the chill opposite. girl interesting I was gonna do the same thing <laughs> interesting yeah because I felt like it was too much to ask for a relationship it, again the thing is I went to therapy just to like break down some patterns and my yeah. fear of love and intimacy and all that slowly but surely I was like putting my feet on the ground mm -hmm. and I again did plenty of kind of workbooks and stuff like this and I wrote down what I wanted in a partner because the person I was dating had a little bit of what I wanted I'm like okay that's enough but I was so fucking unhappy uh, yeah and I think through this because I was trying really hard to work on my self-esteem and my self-love the more my confidence grew mm -hmm. the more I realized I'd rather be alone forever mm -hmm. than settle for this because it's way too draining You've explored intimacy with your photography work. Yes. And I mean, I feel like I'm just starting to double in it. I definitely wow. want to do more. What is the shooting like? Like, how do you go about a project and approach or do people go to you? So it really depends because now I feel like I have many outlets. So I have personal projects for example this intimacy shoot where I kind of had to put that on the ice because I'm doing a thousand other things at the same time but for couples I've already started approaching some couples and amazing. I usually just I just tell them a lot of this basically and be like hey this is my experience and this is what I want to explore when I started preparing this project I got a, a document where I put what is love languages and just like some um, leads of yeah. what is intimacy to like make them think of this amazing. so I could spark a conversation about that so the work happens before as well exactly and this is also what I was doing for the woman who project like we would talk to the person before and during the shoot I would ask them question to guide their reflection okay I have my patreon this is where I do more of like nude stuff And this is also, for me, it's it's all very vulnerable work too. Mm -hmm. Like when you're fully nude in front of a camera, I think there's nothing more beautiful than this. And for this, I approach people myself. Because Patreon is, there's no censorship on it, nothing. I do like people who are a bit more professional, who have posed nude before. This is what I kind of wanted to incorporate too in my That's stuff. That's amazing. And I'm very inspired by, for example, Erika Lust. And this kind of like ethical porn too. Yeah. And how the movies she makes always have the intimacy at the center of it. Mm -hmm. Yes, you see a pussy. Yes, you see a cock. Yes, you see all these stuff, but the essence is still there. And this is kind of what I'm trying to bring to my photography, even through Patreon. So yeah, I'm trying to ex just explore more of this. And I'm working on another project on identity this time. But this I cannot t tell too much because I made a, okay. I did like a grant application for this. So Perfect. Yeah, and I feel like, and it's interesting because you asked me like about those questions. I feel like I'm, I'm just a little baby in this because I'm exploring it through my own self, my own relationship too. Oh, and I also did that with my partner. We did a shoot where, mm -hmm. because we started talking about masculinity and femininity. And again, that's the thing. Like I was going through my own stuff with wanting to cut my hair and my own gender and queerness and was talking about it to my partner who's 36 and suddenly wants, wanted to have tattoos and a, and a nose ring and then wanted to wear nail polish and makeup. And then he it went through all this stuff. Like he was judged being a boy. Like all these stuff we're talking about gender mm -hmm. and then the next thing I need to do is a shoot to 
Explore. Explore. I cannot understand without image. My partner happened to also be a writer, so it was just like the perfect combination. <laughs> It's a beautiful essay. Exactly. So I was able to explore visually what I wanted to do with him as a man wanting to explore his gender. And we talked about gender expensiveness and it was also through my own experience. And then he wrote something about it. And then when he wrote something about it, I asked him question and then I could see he was hesitant on some stuff. And then I was just like, went a bit deeper. And I know I'm very good in like guiding this and asking, getting, getting stuff out of people. I don't know what it is exactly, but I talk to them the same way I want to be talked to. So speaking of censorship, yeah. you encounter a lot of censorship on Instagram. Oh my God. Yes. Like, I don't know how many photos of me have been deleted. Oh. Instagram like is threatening my account to be deleted. I mean, every time that there, there's a photo that's deleted, it's like your account could be deleted. And this is why I created Patreon for an income to help me create in a very independent way, mm -hmm. but also for censorship. Because that's really fucking annoying. Like that photo of Tess and Megan kissing, yeah. it got deleted twice on my account and then put back. And every account who shared it, it got deleted too. And it says sexual acts. But in the meantime, you have very violent stuff being posted on Instagram. In mm -hmm. the meantime, me, a small creator, this photo is being deleted and it's just, it's crazy. Is your work exposed anywhere as of now? The photo of Tess and Megan. Last week, it was in uh, Lisbon, Portugal. Amazing. I know. And someone even bought the art. This photo is just the, the gift that keeps on giving. It mm -hmm. just keeps being, when I think it's like it died down, it, it gets comes picked up. up. Yeah. Yes. I think that we touch a lot on intimacy. Yes. Would you have any books to recommend? <gasps> okay, so do you have another hour? Absolutely. Okay, so... It's gonna sound so cheesy, but it's so good. It's called Calling in the One, a seven-week course to find love or something like this. $30 for like intense deep therapy, and it tackles intimacy too. And I'm rereading A Man's Search for Meaning. And this book is just life-affirming. It's Viktor Frankl, who is a psychotherapist. He went through the concentration camps during the oh. Holocaust, and then he survived and wrote a book about the meaning of life. And that is a deeply powerful book that honestly has been a big catalyst of a lot of my projects. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being on the podcast and having this vulnerable and raw conversation on intimacy, sexuality, and also your amazing work. And to see Sarah's work and to support her, first, you can find her on Instagram at Sarah underscore Ini. So it's S-A-R-A underscore H-I-N-I and on Patreon because Sarah has Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash Sarah Ini. Again, that is S-A-R-A-H-I-N-I. And you will be sure to find everything in the show notes. So today's conversation, vulnerability, fears, intimacy, nakedness, sexuality, books. <laughs> We covered a lot of things and I I have a question for you listening right now. What is your deepest fear when it comes to relationships? Is it failure? Is it rejection? Is it uncertainty? Is it abandonment? And you know what? Let's just be raw and vulnerable for a moment and talk about the fear of abandonment. I think for me, this goes hand in hand with a fear of intimacy because the closest you are with someone, the more likelihood that person is going to leave. And that is the processing or more so the shortcut that my brain does. And it's kind of hard saying that out loud because I am an intimacy enthusiast. I love talking about intimacy. I love to know about people's intimacy. I love to, I, I love all of that. Yet I'm so afraid of it. 
and uh, you know that's a part of my journey and this is something that I'm working with and so I encourage you to think about those and also read on the internet read books and if you have the means to do so and feel like there's recurring patterns I highly recommend going to therapy this is really helpful it's really helpful to understand our fears our triggers and also our patterns and uh, yeah that being said I am not going to do the usual pattern of talking about rating the podcast because you already know it and because you already did it right <laughs> yes you already did it so I'm just gonna say thank you for joining this week I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next week stay curious because that's exciting that's exciting yeah yeah before we leave on production team recording editing and sound design by yours truly myself yancy special thanks to jane p for her assistance on production the official that's exciting anthem by calder nash the amazing vocals on the track by mel pacifico that's all for today's episode and until next week stay curious because that's exciting Baby, come